Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Standard in London, I'm the Evening Standard's Chief Theatre Critic, Nick Curtis. This is a cut-down special taken from our theatre podcast. To hear more from the Standard Theatre Podcast, hit the link in the notes of this episode. Joining us on the Standard Theatre Podcast this week is Felicity Huffman. Welcome, Felicity. Thank you so much. A lot of people know you, obviously, for Desperate Housewives, Trans America, and sundry other TV roles, but your roots are in theatre, and you are coming to the Park Theatre in Finsbury Park to do Here by Taylor Mack. Tell us a bit about the play first. It was written, I think, 2015. Uh, It's a family absurdist drama comedy about a prodigal son returning home, and uh, he comes home to find that his house and his home has had a revolution and uh, his mother and his uh, transgendered teenage sibling have done away with the old regime in the form of an abusive husband and they're taking over. Right. Uh, The title of the play here is spelled H-I-R. This refers to the pronoun that the transgender sibling now has adopted. Is that right? That's right. H-I-R pronounced here. Yeah. Instead of her or him. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I Uh, mean, it sounds like the play is about, you know, being transgender or the revolutionary and gender that's happening. And indeed, Taylor touches on that, but it's not really about that. Mm. What was the appeal of it when you were first offered it? I loved the play. Mm. And I love the part of Paige. I mean, that's an actor's job as we've been working on it to fall in love with the text. But what I didn't expect when I was back in the States working on it is that I also sort of, not sort of, I also fell in love with Taylor Mack, which I've never experienced before. I have a huge crush on the playwright through working on the play. One wouldn't necessarily expect to uh, see a winner of so many awards in the Park Theatre in Finsbury Park. I love the part. I mean, I'll do plays that I love anywhere. Hmm. I did a little play in Colorado this summer, so I'll sort of go anywhere. And London, I mean, like New York, London is sort of the mecca of theater, so to get to come here and do a play, regardless of how small the venue is, is... Is a privilege. Right. Um, this is your first time on the London stage, isn't it? Although I yes. believe you trained here for a time. Is that I did right? for Arada. a very small period of time. I did. And my uh, husband did a play here at the Dunmar. Yes, indeed. How was that when you trained at Rada here? Oh, my gosh. It was fantastic. I loved it. It was back in the Paleolithic period. <laughs> and I had the best time. I loved it. And they were very kind <laughs> to a chunky American who didn't know what they were doing. That's me. But... 
I've always loved London. I mentioned earlier your roots are in theatre. Um, I think particularly your, your first great success on Broadway was in Speed the Plough, and you did a lot of David Mamet work early on. Did you have a particular affinity with him and with his writing, do you think? You know, like most of the things in my career, I've just sort of fallen into it. I was at NYU training, and uh, a bunch of my friends said, we're going to go study with David Mamet over the summer, and I'm such a lemming. I was like, oh, I'm going to come with you. I didn't even know who he was at that point. And I trained with him for a couple of years. And then he said, I have nothing else to teach you. So why don't you start a theater company? So we started a theater company. We spent two years in Chicago. And then we moved back to New York. And, yeah. you know, Atlantic Theater Company is one of the best off-Broadway venues around. So I'm honored to be a part of that. And, yeah, I just... I just did theater forever and ever. Yeah, until you didn't and started... Uh... Until I didn't, <laughs> yes. until I was like, I would like to actually buy a home. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that's the inevitable question, one that I always end up asking people who start out as theater actors. Is it the, is it the fact that the screen stuff pays the bills and the, uh, the, the stage stuff feeds your soul, or is it not as simple and straightforward as that? It's a great question. Um, I find they both feed my soul. Mm -hmm. Yes, the paycheck is a whole lot better than in theater. But, uh, you know, the great thing about television is it, it's sort of what you have with the community of theater. It's a community. You know, you go for however long. I mean, Desperate was eight years. My husband just did a show that was 11. And it's a community. And that's one of the first things. I mean, I started going to theater camp when I was 10. And it wasn't the performance that I loved. It was the community. It's a wonderful place for the disenfranchised all get together and hang right, out. Right, I see. Uh, you mentioned Desperate Housewives just now, and I think at one point you said that that cast quite a long shadow, that it was hard for people to sort of think of you outside that role. Was that the case? Did you sort of find it hard to shift people's perceptions of you after that? And has that now abated a bit? I think that's always the case on a long-running television show. I mean, I think it's one of the reasons that they pay you, because they're not just paying you for that work. They're paying you for being tattooed with that part on your forehead. Um, have I found it? I, I haven't found it that hard. I mean, you know, you sort of get the jobs you get and the ones that you don't get, I don't think they come and tell you, oh, it's because you played Lynette and people can't shake it. Sure. Um, but I've been lucky enough to do, you know, things, um, you know, when they see us with Ava DuVernay and several independent films and yeah, wide ranging. I don't know if anyone ever saw those, but mm. I've got to spread my wings a little bit. Absolutely. Right, we'll go to a break. If you want to hear more from the Standard Theatre Podcast, hit the link in the show notes. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I wanted to touch on Transamerica a bit because mm. this show also deals with trans identity. It was obviously a huge, you know, uh, artistic success for you and commercial success. It was twenty, almost twenty years ago now, wasn't it? Would yeah. would you take on a trans character now? Or? I think when things equal out and our television and our movies and our theatre actually represent 
the population that they're for and there's equal representation, I think people will loosen up and will go, yes, actors' jobs are to play everything. Hmm. Everyone should be able to try their hand at everything. But right now, because we are in transition and we want to give room to people and voices and different identities that have not gotten access before, then I think we need to step back and make room. Sure. Have you had any time to, to sort of rediscover London this time? Uh, I mean, I'm I've sure been, been to here a bunch holiday, of plays. But, I mean, for me, yeah. a bunch of plays. I went to The Motive and the Queue. I went to The Homecoming. I went to Hamnet. I'm going to go to the portrait of Dorian Gray. So yes, I've been trying to go before we start performing. That is a bunch of plays. How, yeah. how has the city changed since you were here at RADA in the Paleolithic <laughs> era? I have money. <laughs> <laughs> that means I you can, can afford a bunch of plays. Uber. Jeez, I don't know. It's all a blur. I don't know how it's changed. I mean, uh, mainly I'm sure I have changed. Right. It's so different being here at 20 and now I'm 61. Good God. How do these things happen to us? I don't know. It's really shocking. Have you been able to sort of go out to restaurants and things, or has it been full-on working schedule here? It's been working. The producers of this show, David Adkin and uh, Rebecca, took me to Shiki's. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Everybody goes like, oh, Shiki's. Mm. And I think we had a Sunday roast when I first arrived, which was delicious. But I think that's, that's all proper, I've been... proper socializing yes, yourself into, that's exactly right. <laughs> into the English lifestyle, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, Shiki's, I think everybody, it's, it's the showbiz restaurant now. It's slightly overtaken the Ivy, I think, for the West oh, End. Oh, is that right? It sort of feels that way to me. Everybody I speak to, particularly visiting American stars, tend to say, yeah, Shiki's is the place I remember when Bill was doing the play here that we went to the Ivy and seeing all the wonderful... I mean, that's what's great about London. All the actors are in one place. All the, I mean, it seems like all the wonderful actors are sort of in one place. So you'd walk into the Ivy and there would be Helena Bonham Carter and there would be this person and that person. And yeah. I was gobsmacked. Yeah. So let's take it back to here. What are you hoping audiences will, will walk out of it thinking? What a great question. I hope they will walk out thinking... The way forward is with kindness and understanding. Mm. Once they sort of um, get their jaws off the floor. Um, (laughs) And what I also hope is that the fun and the absurdity of the play, which is well-written by Taylor and well-directed by Stephen Kunis, will leaven the question of, you know, after the reign of terror is over, now what do you do? What do Mm. we harden ourselves into? Yes. That's what I hope. Yeah. And what do you think they'll think of Paige as a character? And what do you think of her? I don't know. I We were just running the second act the other day and I finished and I, I turned to Stefan and uh, to Leah, wonderful actors who were in it. And I was like, I think people are going to hate Paige. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's the purpose I'm serving, that's the purpose I'm serving. Okay. I hope they have empathy for everybody. I mean, Taylor really does well. Everyone has an understandable endorsable point of view Mm, yeah just to sort of finish up is it harder to play characters that you think the audience might hate or and do you have to find a germ of sympathy for them or or, you know identify them or find out at least where they're coming from to play them oh yes I think you always have to endorse your character always otherwise I'm not sure you can fulfill the playwright's intentions because nobody thinks they're bad yeah nobody dictators don't think they're bad I've played a lot of characters that people don't like is it fun? No. Do I want to do like Oklahoma and wear pretty dresses and have people go, yay? Yes, but that doesn't seem to be the career path I'm on. 
That's The Standard. You can hear the full episode or more from The Standard Theatre podcast via the link in the show notes. The podcast will be back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.